0: Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible Plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.
1: Michael Kist. You caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak.
2: You never listen.
1: It's the Kist and Solak show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show, brought to you by the five folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And welcome to the second installment of our Best of Compilation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Probably don't follow me on Twitter right now at NFL since there's more important things than football happening in the world today, and that's what I tend to be rambling about these days. Instead, stay with me here if you want to take a breath from the news, because in this best of the Kist and Solak show recaps, we're going to go back in time week five through week eight of the 2019 nfl season for the eagles and reliving the takes the breakdowns the reactions all of that from the kns reaction shows that we do every week and if you haven't yet I would strongly recommend that you go back to the first installment of this series, just dropped at the end of last week. I definitely did a better job setting it up there, unless you're cool with it being out of order. And just one quick note before we get back at it, Ben was unavailable for the week six recap, so Brandon Lee Gowden filled in, which is why you get some sweet, sweet BLG on this go-round of a compilation. All right, 2019 Eagles Best of the Recap Shows, weeks five through eight, starting now. Week five, Philadelphia 31. New York Jets six. Let's talk about this game, Ben, brother. I mean, we came into this thing knowing that it wasn't going to be close. We're already recording. It's midway through the fourth quarter. The Eagles just racked up their ninth sack on the day, which is the ultimate regression to the mean after some early struggles this season. Not sure what we can take away from it, but right now the Eagles are up 31 to 6, taking care of business. How you doing, brother?
2: Nine sacks today? That's a lot. Man, everything is delicious, isn't it? (laughs) I will say that when Brandon Graham ends the season with five and a half sacks, six and a half sacks, it's going to look okay. You looked at But this we're going to have to remember that literally three of them came against the Jets here. So Yeah,
1: I mean, he started out today on the first drive with a sack. What the Eagles did, they went three defensive lines centered to the left. And Graham got matched up one-on-one with Winters with no help and beat him right there. So, yeah, I mean... We're definitely going to see some regression to the mean Eagles killer Vincent Smith with an end-around touchdown, a 19-yard touchdown to kind of pull this game
2: sort of a little bit is to he, the point where we couldn't Is he a, an Eagle killer? Has he done other things before that I don't remember? Remember, he's
1: the limestone college kid that ran in the four threes. Mike Mike Fury, yeah. the former Lions uh, receiver, was his college coach. He was on the Texans. He burned Sewell last year. Late in the game, remember that? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not at all.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I was ready for something else. And if if it was what you were going to say, I do have a written statement prepared that I'd like to read.
1: Okay. So tell us about Nate Gary.
2: How did you know? (laughs) Come on, brother. (laughs) Uh, (coughs) uh, From the desk of Benjamin Solak, October 6th, 2019. In my capacity as the uh, deputy editor for Bleeding Green Nation, the on-air talent for BGN Radio, I've been openly and publicly critical of the performance of third-year Philadelphia Eagle linebacker Nate Gary, who was a sixth-round pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. Parentheses. Actually, he might have been a fifth-round pick. I can't remember, but I don't feel like Googling it. <laughs> Close parentheses. Over the course of the 2019 season, Nate Gary has seen significant playing time due to injuries in front of him at the linebacker position. Parentheses. It's important to note this is not because he's been playing well. It's been because of injuries. Close parentheses. <laughs> Subsequently, Nate Gary has had two key interceptions in Philadelphia Eagles games as well as a couple of very laughable plays against play action, period. Anytime that Nate Gary makes a good play, I get added on Twitter, and I would like to give a public statement to this point. Nate Gary is still bad at football, period. <laughs> oh, man, I almost pulled it off. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> Nate Gary is still bad at football. He's made some good plays. Come, I'll give him that, but he's made him against Luke Falk and a broken Matt Ryan, who has oatmeal for brains. The Eagles do not want Nate Gary taking significant reps unless he continues to be the most inexplicable ball magnet in the NFL. I take back nothing, unless Nate Gary hears this, in which case, White Snake, I take back everything. Cordially yours, Benjamin Solak.
1: I think you wanted to see more from the offense overall. The drives ended in a weird way in a couple places, and I think during the middle portions of the game when they were really slow – they had some early penalties that put them in disadvantageous down-and-distance situations. Still, I think overall the execution in the first half was not all that good. Obviously, those penalties coming in different situations for different reasons, but I know one was Sproles didn't expect Brooks to pick up the blocker, so when he went low, they had a high-low situation, so they got called for a cut block. I mean, it just seemed kind of sloppy but overall. it was Sam Malu, not Brooks. Oh, Samalu, excuse me, the left guard, you're correct, Sam you Malu. idiot. <laughs> what did you think of the <laughs> offensive performance throughout this game? Because I think they left some things on the table.
2: Right, yeah, they like, they, I think the offense played better against Green Bay and the Mike Pettin defense, which had talent at all three levels that we lauded, as opposed to against a, a Jets defense coordinated by Greg Williams that was lacking for talent at multiple levels that we kind of disparaged. They ran the ball a ton, which brings me to my one major takeaway on the offense. You know, I'm putting on my little tinfoil hat here. Is Doug Peterson trying to conceal early down tendencies by just running it on first down as much as possible? Because- In
1: this game, I think he, he was-
2: They ran on almost every single first down. The only first down, first and 10 to open a drive that I can remember them not running on was the one after the Jets scored. They ran play action and picked up a free 13 yards to Alshon Jeffrey on a slam, Mm -hmm. like as easy as bread and butter. It's just, it's very curious to me because it we, things that we know one, Peterson and the coaching staff make decisions with the input of forecasting models, with the input of analytic models that project. You know, expect the points added per play and what the best game script sort of thing is. Okay, so we know that. Boom. We also know Peterson has previously been very pass heavy on early downs. He's willing to throw the ball on first and 10. This year, despite the fact that factor A and factor B have not changed, they're running the ball a ton on first and 10. Yeah. And I just wonder if the goal here in the first six, seven weeks, eight weeks of the season is to really present a strong, hey, we run the ball on first and 10 a lot number so that later in the season, they can throw it and work our PO games or play action pass games, which is not an unheard of thing. And I don't think they're like willing to lose for it. But I think that that the Eagles are very willing to look like a more run-pass balanced team early in the season so as to break that balance potentially later. On top of the the frequency of the running, the Eagles came out with those pin, pull, buck, sweeps, double, you know, traps, and we had check calls, and, and there was a lot of moving parts on these running concepts, which felt very much to me like, hey, it'd be nice if we could do this in a real game.
1: Let's see if we can. Let's see
2: if we can get the checks correct. Because yeah. if this goes for zero yards, it's gonna be
1: okay. Yeah, and we have it on film we- now. We can see what went yeah. wrong against these different types of fronts.
2: David Fails sacked for eight yards by Derek Barnett. Ten sacks on the deck. They have six defensive linemen with a sack, <laughs> right? Ridgway, Curry, Fox, Barnett, Sweat, Graham. Oh, there it and is. And then Scandrick has two more. Ten sacks for Ten the sacks. Eagles. Mike, I have a question. Yeah, Is that, is that good? good? Yeah. <laughs> All of the numbers about the Eagles struggling to sack are now going to be like astronomically through the roof, and it's also going to be a complete lie. And it's going to look like Like we never had bad sack numbers. Right? The bad sack numbers were lying to you (laughs) when they were bad, and now they're good. They're also still going to be lying to you. This
1: is why everything requires context. You cannot just look at a number because both numbers, I believe we're wrong.
2: What What? What about anything that Adam Gase does make sense? But
1: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's not even like right. on the scale of Adam Gase weirdness going for a field goal down two scores fourth and four from the Philadelphia Eagles 37 barely registers as, as like a one.
2: Sam Darnold practiced with the one. What are you doing? You're trying to kill your quarterback? Are you kidding me? Yeah,
1: that's insane, right? Just, the doctors had to same Sam Darnold from Adam Gase. That's a problem.
2: But yeah, offense wise, like Wentz looked fine. Offensive line looked fine. Running backs you know, Howard still looks good. Sanders still looks inconsistent, but has nice flashes. I, they said that Rodney McLeod has been one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent defender for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Disagree. To it, I would say no. Right. But Rodney McLeod played a good game. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins also played out of his mind. Friggin' um, outstanding. Ridgway has... would you remain solid. Like... Inconsist- he's inconsistently good, yeah. is my thing. It's like he has flash plays and then he has bad plays. Right. And obviously, ideally, you'd like that to somewhere level out in the middle so you at least know what you're getting out of him. Mm-hmm. But he remains like interesting. More so than a 7th round pick would have been for sure.
1: So I feel very good for making fun of literally everyone that tried to call this a trap game, not only on Twitter, but also in the BGN comments on some of my articles. We apparently do not have the type of power that people thought we did. Our confidence did not cause a trap game. So here we are. Eagles move to 3-2. and two. That's my Big- favorite
2: part of the trapping thing. It's like, you can't, guys, if the team hears this, the team does not care.
1: We don't have that kind of divine power. And if we did, you should show us some respect.
2: They can't play a Against the, the Jet the Vikings as they just played against the Jets. Correct. Eagles have a winning record, three and two. And we will catch you later this week. We all we got? I'm
1: sorry, I, I just got totally thrown off because the Steelers won a coin toss in overtime and they deferred to no. Baltimore. We all we got. We all we need. What? Why Eagles? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Week 6, Minnesota 38, Philadelphia 20. Welcome into BGN Radio episode 85, SB Nation, Bluey Green Nation. I am Michael Kist in place of Jimmy Kemsky, I guess would be, would be the case. Benjamin Solak has been fired for the performance by the Eagles in their 38-20 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. So instead, I'm going to be joined by Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon. This was a
4: mess of a mess of a mess of a blowout loss. How are you doing, brother? Mike, I am doing well in the sense that I am glad I am here with you to rant about <laughs> things I'm not happy about. <laughs> there are a lot of things about this game that are very frustrating. And let's just let's just get right into it, Mike, because I am ready to, I have a lot of thoughts.
1: Yeah, Cousins goes over 300 yards. You can put that on Jim Schwartz, the four touchdowns. The, the coverage was sloppy. The defense was bad. This Vikings offense was exactly what we expected it to be. And Jim Schwartz still crapped the bet against them. Doug Peterson has one of the weirdest decisions of his tenure here in Philadelphia. I've never criticized him for a fourth down decision before, like to the extent that I'm about to for this decision to try to fake a field goal with Jake Elliott instead of just leaving Wentz out there if you wanted to run a play and get out of bounds and go for an extra shot. That was really confusing. Just overall, there was nothing redeeming about this game for the Eagles, in my opinion. Carson Wentz, from what I saw, played his butt off and then each game we tend to have this game where one of the one of the Eagles players is having the worst game of their life and it's it's he's not getting any help this team right now is bad this was a bad performance 3 and 3 and they're playing like it and it couldn't have been any uglier for him today
4: Mike the Eagles failed the Kurt Cousins litmus test that's what they it did. is Yep. They they really did though seriously like yep. jokes aside they like Kirk Cousins beats up on bad teams Kirk Cousins beat up on the Eagles ergo the Eagles are not a very good team uh, and first of all can I just say screw you Zach Brown like really man like, you're gonna <laughs> say that crap before the game oh we want the ball in Kirk Cousins hands yeah great he it was in his hands today and you looked like like you look foolish you didn't do anything out there yourself and the defense got ripped to shreds like great job man like the Eagles didn't lose because he made those comments but like they just weren't necessary at all and then he didn't even really owe up to it after the game like he didn't want to talk about it I'm sure he didn't Doug Peterson man Doug (laughs) what are we doing man well Well, my thing is
1: you have zero timeouts If you want to go for it and you want to set yourself up for another shot at the end zone or whatever the case is, you're probably better off doing that with Carson Wentz than you are with Jake Elliott. Then you're also depending on like Dallas Goddard to get out of bounds, which, okay, what if he doesn't? What happens then? Then Jake Elliott has to, what, spike the ball? Like, I I don't understand. Like, I I get going for it because of the percentages. The way they did it was just extremely confusing. Like, none of it made sense to me. And usually there's at least an angle you can take with these Peterson decisions that makes sense and like a lot of times people will say well would you criticize him for him if you know if it worked out yeah absolutely i still would and i still defend him when plays you know fourth down conversions don't work because they're the right decision in a lot of cases this one i just absolutely don't agree with i mean first quarter they came out they were it was run 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 he had one pass
4: He didn't have That think about how crazy that is again you're paying this guy 128 million dollars you don't even give them the ball in the first <laughs> quarter. Other questionable fourth down decisions in this game from Doug, like not being aggressive enough. A tweet out there about the surrender index. Mm. They decided, the Eagles decided to punt from the Vikings 48 and fourth and nine with 13.06 remaining in the fourth quarter. The punt ranks at the 94th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2019 season and the 91st percentile of all punts since 2009. Like, what is Mike Groh giving this team? Like, wh- why does he have to be here? Like, is he really helping? Because I don't think there's evidence that that's the case. And, and I just saw a, a quote from uh, Mike Zimmer, it said he mentioned uh,
1: inverted coverages from the Eagles in previous games. The Eagles got torso. So this is the inverted cover too that me and Benjamin Solak are always railing against where it just doesn't work for the Eagles. It hasn't worked from for since the Titans game last year when they started running it. And they end up, I mean, they have a whole burn unit. First round pick Andre Dillard, tough task going in for Jason Peters today. His, he's going to have to work on his anchor. I think that's very abundantly clear after this game, seeing him try to handle like Everson Griffin and the like. J.J.R. Artega Whiteside isn't giving us anything right now. It's high on him. Miles Sanders is doing wonderful things in the passing game, but he's also gone for what, like, I want to say just over 20 yards in his past
4: 12 or so carries the last time that I checked. Well, Joe Douglas is gone, so Howie, you know, it's going to be fixed now, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Howie's going to pass the buck. I I feel like we're going to see a leak at some point. Well, actually, Sidney Jones and J.J. Artega Whiteside were uh, Joe Douglas fixed. No one is asking for that from J.J. Artega Whiteside. They're asking for literally any contribution at all when Nelson Aguilar has been an abject disaster this season and Matt Collins looks like the special teams player that he is where's the speed on this team that can't be all on Wentz just overthrowing it right like that seems like he is not good at tracking the ball to some (laughs) extent is that fair
1: to say there were two plays there was the one along the sideline where him and Trey Waynes are kind of battling with each other and Nelson Aguilar hits the deck you gotta be stronger than that. And Aguilar has always struggled against contact. You gotta be stronger than that. You're you have the guy stacked, you're in a good position. Play a little stronger. Don't go down, and you might have, you might have a chance to make a play on the ball. The other one in in the middle back of the end zone really confused me because number one, I thought that might have been a slight overthrow or in, in inaccurate throw by Wentz. But at the same time, if you watch what's happening with Nelson Aguilar on that play, when he's in the end zone, he starts to fade off to his right. A ball lands Inside of him, where are you going? Like, I, I can't tell if it was an overthrow or a bad throw by Carson Wentz because Nelson Aguilar didn't track the doggone thing. Like, did it get lost in lights again? Did the Eagles play in the brightest stadiums in the NFL on the road? Like, I don't understand what's going on with this guy in 2017. He was a much better deep threat. I thought Zach Ertz had a, had a really bad game. The other guys around him aren't giving him much. They are not helping. Carson Wentz in these situations and it feels like Wentz is like living and dying by every single throw in
4: every single play and nobody else is like oh Sean stumbles out of bounds on that perfect throw for him along the side like what the hell's that like there's no reason to stumble like he had like Carson Wentz didn't lead him out of bounds like he let him fine and he just goes out of bounds and all of a sudden that's a field goal instead of a potential touchdown he's gonna get all the the brunt of the criticism people are gonna put it on him because the eagles aren't winning and it's just like i honest to god feel this way 100 like nick Foles, he would not have the same bad luck that carson Wentz has (laughs) i mean they need deshaun back like they they need him back like they need him back
1: brother unless it's jalen ramsey i don't know who is gonna help this this scheme from jim schwartz when he just gets like just slap out coached like he did today Jim Schwartz is like – it's a real love-hate relationship with me and him as as far as the the job that he's done. I think he gets overly criticized for some things that he doesn't deserve to be criticized for about. Um, But at the same time, when it goes wrong – it looks super ugly. And like I said, I thought he get it. he got his butt kicked today. But when he does things right, he doesn't get the same amount of credit that he should get. And that and it's concerning with the with the players that they have in the secondary right now, the way that they're playing, the way that their coverage is busting is just ugly. On the Stefan Diggs, 51 yard touchdown. There were two quarterbacks on both sides of the ball. Both Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas thought that they had safety help. It wasn't just Malcolm Jenkins that bailed his own. Like, you're not giving these guys any support whatsoever. And it's the same thing over and over again. We talked about the Vikings. they they, they, they quick game the Eagles to death last year. Cousins was 30 for 37, 300 yards. Only five passes went beyond five yards that were completions. This this week, they have a heavy play-action game plan, which we knew was going to be the case coming into it. And then they ran that little smoke screen four times where Cousins just takes one step, gets the ball out, and the receiver has eight yards of cushion between him and the defensive back in space to make the guy miss. That's putting your defensive backs in a disadvantageous position. So it's 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 really tough to get a
4: handle on Schwartz from week to week. He's just got to be more consistent. Like I said about Mike Rowe last year, so it's frustrating that I am saying it again this year, and it was not addressed. <laughs> Something I tweeted out, I guess, during the Saints scheme last year was like, maybe we don't talk enough about how Eagles offensive coordinator Mike Rowe was passing game coordinator for a 2016 Rams offense that ranked 31st in passing yards per game and 32nd in passing DVOA. Yeah. Hmm. Again, they, they put the focus on bringing all these guys in and those were such big acquisitions and they made such a big emphasis on it. They lose those guys and it's like, ah, oh, well, it's all right. Anyone can do the job. Mike Crow, you're in. And of course, at Benjamin Solak,
1: we have to have this every week, but I feel like it <laughs> makes more sense this week with a fire Jim Schwartz.
4: <laughs> uh, he got me for like a half a second. I was like, Wait, come on, Ben! Like, you're not <laughs> you know, like, all right, never mind. I get it. I get it. I, I figured it out. I think Doug Peterson, for some of the faults we've seen with him, I think we've seen enough good from him. Yeah. And the Packers game is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Uh, to make me think, okay, like you know, th- Doug can get this figured out. He'll see some of the st- mistakes from this game, and he'll learn from them. Like, I think they've earned some of that right. You know, based on what they've already accomplished to this point. But in the meantime, you know, you're, you're like after this game. Like, they're just, there aren't a lot of silver linings in the short term. Uh, they're probably going to be, you know, fighting for a third or fourth seed as a division winner. Like, that's yeah. more realistic for them. And I think that's totally within reach. There are positives here. It's yeah. not like everything is bad. It's all negative. You, you scrap the team, whatever. But there, there are a lot of holes. I'm not going to deny that. And like I think talent, the lack of talent, which is crazy because we thought this is going to be one of the most talented rosters uh, in the league this yeah. year. Like. Just think there is a talent deficiency with this team and especially in terms of style like we talked about earlier like they're yeah. just not fast enough get faster faster players please
0: <laughs> hi we're visible we're the wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month, every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.
3: Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now with AI... People can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former US attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast Stay Tuned with Preet for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent.
0: How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies?
3: Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process?
0: Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge.
3: And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November?
0: When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes.
3: The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Week seven, Dallas 37, Philadelphia 10. I'm Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. The Kist and Soul Like Show episode, I think one thirty-five, and I am not—I am not even sure. But we're going to talk to you about this disgusting, unacceptable thirty-seven to ten loss. Eagles drop one to the Dallas Cowboys, who now have the lead in the division. One team came prepared to play from bell to bell. That was the Dallas Cowboys. Do not tell me everything is delicious right now,
2: Mike. I just have—I have one burning question for these Philadelphia Eagles coming off this 37 to 10 loss. Why does Carson get so red during these games? I'm worried about him. He gets bright red. Is, the, is he not hydrating? Is his helmet too tight? I feel very bad for him. He's very flushed. That's how you can tell he's pressing. Someone in, you know, Schuylkill has that take where it's like, listen, you can tell that Carson's trying too hard by his skin tone.
1: Doug abandons analytics and chooses to take the ball to start the game for the first time in three years.
2: Is that an an analytics thing? Is that really an analytics thing?
1: It is. Yeah, analytics favor deferring for points and an extra possession and all that stuff. It's very small, but you know, Eagles take the small edges and and run with them typically. I I guess it's a mental thing with Doug. He wanted to get the team to to start hot, maybe change the mentality a little bit. Definitely didn't work because then Dallas Goddard is stripped by Jalen Smith on the first drive. Dallas recovers. Tavon Austin is left all alone alone on an option play that broke Orlando Skandrick in space. 7-0. Lane gets beat for a strip sack. Had a bad game. Dallas recovers. Next play, Zeke trucks Malcolm Jenkins. Also had a bad game. Down at the 1. Next play, touchdown. It's 14-0. They kick off. Sanders receives the kick and hesitates coming out, putting them at the 13-yard line. Stupid mistake. Jeffrey has a drop that's saved by a penalty. So that, that was the, all, all, the, all the sequence of events there. Now, now they get a touchdown after this. Great call, great catch, great throw, and use of the eyes by Wentz on that play. That was one of Wentz's eight throws in the first half. Yippee. But yet again, we had an absolute stinker of a start from a team when you look at it on the whole. And this team just vacillates between pressing too hard And having tapioca pudding for brains that's just leaking out of their earballs. This team is clearly, and was clearly, not ready to play. And that's 100% on the coaching. They've got a problem that's bigger than this game. If they can't get up for a prime time showdown for a division lead with a divisional rival. It is garbage. And they have one week to fix it going into Buffalo before the bye. Because otherwise... Their season is probably done. Right. When they were touted as a top three talented team in the NFL.
2: By this podcast.
1: By this podcast and by national media and by everyone around Philly, and we all bought into it, right? This team, this staff, this organization smelled their own shit and said, damn, it must be roses. What a failure this has been from top to bottom, T to B this offense hasn't been the same since the brain drain of Reich leaving and the hubris that they have to think that they had it all figured out and that all of this was fun. That repeating that success would be all gumdrops and lollipops and they'd merely skip their way to another Super Bowl and say, look how much fun we are having. Well, we aren't having fun now. None of us are. In fact, all of us are sick of it. You don't just get to show up on Sundays and have teams laid down for you because you're the mighty, mighty Eagles and everyone thought you were going to be great coming into the season. This whole thing reeks of ego and complacency and there is zero leadership or accountability right now and you can put that on Doug, you can put that on Carson, you can put it on the vets like Jenkins and Ben. I'll put it on you to explain to me what the hell is going on with this team because they are disappointing the hell out of us.
2: Lane just has a rough game. Lane just has a bad game, and like the thing, is, like, humans have bad games. Yeah, it's just this is the one week Lane. You can't have a bad one, you know. Like, but ah! but
1: this, this is this is what I keep going back to with this offense. Can we have one week where one of the players in the offense, and I skill, I said skill right. position players, but now I'm going to throw it in with the offensive line too because you can throw in Siamalu with the Atlanta game. Can we have one game? where there's an offensive player that isn't having the worst day of his effing life. The team needs him to be perfect. When he is not perfect, they lose badly. And sometimes they lose anyway. And that's the kind of the expectations that has been put on Carson, probably unfairly. And Carson obviously hasn't lived up to that. I mean, how how can you? Now, here's my problem, Ben. There seems to be something that's not on field that's going on with this team. This team has a leadership problem at some level. and Like I said, whether it's Doug, whether it's Carson, whether it's Malcolm Jenkins, whether it's Jason Peters, whether it's the coaching staff from Jim Schwartz to Mike Grow, these guys are not ready to play. They're not ready to execute. It's not happening for them. Right. Because it's either hubris or ego or something. Because we already won a Super Bowl and we're having so much fun. This team is not ready to play as a cohesive unit in these types of situations. And it shows up in these past two years, showing up a whole lot. They played teams that they're a lot better than. Better. What do we always talk about? Better coach, better quarterback, better talent. How many teams where we checked all three of those boxes have this Eagles team in the past two years lost to? A few. Too many?
2: Yeah when your team is unprepared as the eagles were to play against the dallas cowboys when you have multiple instances of the incorrect number of players on the field which is
1: crazy to me and that's right. that's what i'm that's exactly what i'm talking about right under prepped, that stuff shows up in those types of situations. What did you say earlier on Twitter? They had more... Yeah,
2: more- at, 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 at the half, they had had f- uh, uh, two plays on which they had the incorrect number of, of defenders on the field and one third down stop. <laughs> You're not going to win the football game.
1: It's like the fourth or fifth time that's right. happened. What is going on with the staff? Two
2: plays where uh, the touchdown of Blake Jarwin kicked the 63-yard field goal. They had 10 guys on the field. Jesus. Is there anybody in the offense you want to bench... Sure, Nelson Aguilar, but what are you gonna give more snaps to Matt Malco- Collins? Already, Matt Collins has taken 115 offensive snaps without a target the last three weeks. Doing That's nothing. not an exaggeration. When you're Peterson, who by no means is Peterson anywhere near like questionable job security, right? No, not at people, all. people are saying like fire dog. He's not he a yeah. good head coach.
1: And I'm saying there might there might be a, a problem with his message not translating with this team right, right now. But there have been instances in the past where he got it right. And he fixed it. And he knows more than anybody else how to fix it. Right now, it's not fixed. He needs to do it. It's, 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 it's on him. I have more faith in him than literally anyone else in that organization to get that
2: part right. Car- Carson to Dave Zangaro of NBCS. Quote, when I threw it, I thought we had a touchdown. Carson went on the deep ball to Aguilar. Yeah.
1: Talk yeah. your mess. Big spicy. I thought Agalor should have done a lot more of that. He put his hands out for a second, brought him back in. I had no idea what was going on. At least lay out for it oh, a little that's bit more such than he did. A and he's been. Quote. And you know what? Fine. Good for Carson for finally calling some. Excuse me. For finally calling out somebody on this team.
2: Big spicy. I'm so here. Eagles. Uh, Warren Sharp had the sharp football front of the pod. Eagles have given up 20 points in the first half five times in seven weeks. First time it's happened in 30 years, Mike. There's problems on the offensive side, but if we're talking about which unit is more responsible, it's the defense.
1: I have given a lot of credit to Schwartz for a lot of different things. Rams game last year, I talked endlessly about in the offseason. This season, what has he done other than stack a freaking box? Because, okay, next-gen stats, for instance, next-gen stats, Ezekiel Elliott faced the box only two of 22 attempts, 9.1%, season low against the Eagles defense designed to stop the run. This is what they do. They stack the box more than any team in the NFL. They are a pass funnel defense. Elliott averaged a season high 5.6 yards gain and was stuffed for no gain on just one of 22 attempts. I care about the fact that this team continues with shorts to load up the box, not give their cornerbacks help. There isn't a single cornerback that has not, and maybe this comes down to Corey Unlin too, that does not bite on double moves, that does not give up deep posts, that does not give up deep streaks. They are bad at it. They're horrible at it. They give up gigantic swaths of space, and maybe it's on the coaching too that every single linebacker in this doggone system takes the cheese on every single play action pass. I gave you the stat: it was a 138 quarterback rating against against play action coming into this game. That included the Jets that had a freaking pick six that they shouldn't even had because it was underthrown. They made zero change in the past few weeks on how to change that. Zero change. In helping their cornerbacks, zero change, and allowing the most separation in the league for wide receivers on the outside, they were the worst team in the league at covering up wide receivers on the outside, and it's for a darn good reason. I'm sick and tired of seeing it. They were in cover zero blitz near the near in the red zone. They got Orlando Scandrick playing eight yards off outside leverage. Where do you think that throws going? That, you have the entire right. middle of the field. That's have got to be. That rep Effin was amazing. Kid.
2: The rep where I got into fire Jim towards territory was third and 12. It was one of the most amazing plays that like I've ever seen in my life. Eagles got come up four down linemen, two linebackers, sugar in the A gaps. As a four wide sets, oh, they got four geez. corners, about five yards off, and then a deep safety. The Eagles basically told Dallas, listen, we have nobody in the middle of the field right now who will be able to react to and run to any play outside. Right? We might bails the middle field, and they did because it's simulated pressure. It's one they've ran before, as a matter of fact. Like, it's on tape pretty regularly. None of our defenders can go help to the outside right now because they're all up on the line of scrimmage. So the Cowboys ran a wide receiver screen on third and 12 and picked up 14 yards in like the easiest fashion. Like, like, I, like Kellen Moore must have looked at that and, like, you know, like done the thing in the cartoons where you like rub your eyes really hard and then you look again. Like, Are you sure? <laughs> Is this real? am I alive? You you wouldn't even see that in most other defensive coordinators. That wouldn't even be a thought that was had. With the the 11 that are available to you, it's hard to imagine a defense that does well, just period. Now, you can do better than 37 points. You can do better than than constant third down busts, constant third down penalties. You can do better than regularly giving up explosive plays in the exact same way. I will not relinquish my point that Jim Schwartz is very fine with just losing in the exact same way every single week without even trying to implement a solution. And, and... You have backups in and you're not making an effort to change anything to make their lives easier, right? Yeah. So you're running a system that doesn't work with the starters and then worse players get in and you run the same system where well, you're going to get even worse results. So and remember,
1: And remember, it was Malcolm Jenkins that had to go to Schwartz last year and tell him, hey, brother, we are drowning out here. You need to simplify this. Right. That was with worse players.
2: You know, like th- those frustrations for me that are very real with Jim Schwartz. But like, you know, when you do not have... The 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 cornerback personnel even when healthy to play man to man coverage at all. It's hard to run any sort of successful defense. Who
1: gives it? But but look, but look, what they're running isn't disrupting anything to allow the pass rush to get home. At least allow the pass rush. There is zero chance for this. Pa- Jim Schwartz says, says the coverage needs to be better for the pass rush to get home. Let somebody stick somebody at the line. You're playing eight yards off. You're playing in Wyoming. We're playing in Florida. What's going on? Do something about it.
2: Right. No, I like that thing is like, again, like you can put these guys in a situation where they're more likely to be successful. I just, you know, I do firmly believe that Amari Cooper versus Rasul Douglas, no matter what you do, is going to be advantage Amari pretty much all the time.
1: Yeah, no, right. no, for sure. And I'm, And I'm, I think, you know, I recognize that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. We both said you're going to need to give help to Rasul against Amari Cooper. Did he get a whole lot of help on that double move? I saw, I saw middle of the field safety struggling to get over there.
2: Yeah, well, didn't Roddy, they there. they started with a three uh, three receiver nub set. They motioned yep. Cooper, and yep. so Roddy was shady, didn't get back to the middle of the field, and then even then, you know, Cooper's weak side, as 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 uh, Chris Collinsworth very nicely detailed on the uh
1: the hey hey him. find a way. To give well, your sure. corner some help. I mean, they well, never great. do. They Bracket never of, do. Bracket
2: means go split safety. And how long have we have been asking for this team to just try going split safety? So this, this is what day? I'm saying. I, I think that like, yeah, I think to me, like if you want to circle the area in which I think there's consistent failure everywhere for Philly, it's positional coaches, right? I mean, like, again, like go circling back to our conversation last week, which a lot of you gave really positive feedback on kind of the way that we approached the Minnesota game and the minute recap and some of the frustrations. You got to ID for me. Like besides Stoutland and the offensive line, where are players getting better? Where are young players improving on this team? And that's
1: the hubris that I was talking about at the the top of the show. The hubris to think we have everything that we need inside of the building. Right. We'll just promote everybody. We lose Reich. We lose DiFilippo. We'll promote everybody. They can figure it out because we have it
2: figured out. You, You don't have it figured out. You have to be able to surround yourself with assistants who can help you do the work. You need to be able to be a, a full integrated coaching staff unit. So for Peterson, if you have a question about him as a coaching, as a coach right now, it's you were brought in, you were given Staley, everybody else has been yours. Reich turned out great. DiFilippo was kind of like known, you know, he's an offensive coordinator for multiple years and he comes back to be a quarterback's coach, but Filippo turned out well. Once you lost those guys, yeah, the interior promotions just simply have not had a positive effect. You've got to be able to find good assistant coaches from across the league and bring them in. Or if you're going to promote, press, and grow,
3: Better
2: you've got to right. make them into something. At the real Dick Finn. Hello. <laughs> I love
1: this pick, by the way. His
2: avatar is a penis on a fin.
1: What about, what about Tim Koala? At Koala underscore Tim tank for rugs talking about henry rugs the guy that basically runs a four flat but that rugs is going to be gone number one he's an ultra competitive guy the nfl is going to love him he's going to freaking fly at the combine if we're looking for a deep threat you're probably looking at kj hamler from penn State. that
2: young man let me tell you kids a blur can scoot
1: also, uh, you know, Jalen Regor, you, you can only say the name and then you have to say goodbye to the gentle listeners. You have one choice to vote off the island. Who are you voting off the island between Jim Schwartz and Mike Groh? Then See, say wait. goodbye to the gentle listeners. This, no, is, this a- is what we're doing. This is my show. The only time I'm ever going to pull that card on wow. you. Wow. Because I am upset and you are not upset enough.
2: Right. I'll, I, I'll fire Groh. I think there's a better case for Schwartz to say, listen, like my defense really has not been healthy. Like I the corners I've been playing with are literally multiple street free agents. Like I've I've been able to put out better defenses before. Let's figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. I um, told you just to say the right.
1: name and say goodbye, but you're too valuable to the show. So that was that was a that was an oh, empty threat. I wasn't
2: listening because <laughs> I was shocked while you were saying that. I was literally typing out a poll. We did not talk about this beforehand, and oh, my boy. poll is you can only do one Fire Micro or Fire Gym Shorts. I didn't even see that. Yeah. I me? literally just sent it. This is amazing. We're so <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. God. It's like we're finishing each other's
1: sentences.
2: Thank you as always for listening to the Kiss and Soul Hack <laughs> show here on BGM Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by.
1: Week eight Philadelphia 31, Buffalo 13. I wouldn't necessarily call this a statement win, but it's a good win and it's a win that the Eagles absolutely needed at this point. How you doing, brother?
2: It's yeah, I mean everything is delicious. Thank <laughs> you for asking. I appreciate that. Uh it's it's again, oh no, we 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 put ourselves with our back up against the wall. <laughs> what should we do? Go win a game. You know, win. Yeah. Like you know, the Eagles two most you know resounding impressive uh, you know victories. Like you know, we really feel like they came out and they they won the game against a good team. Even if you thought the Bills were not not that great of a team, it's still a team of talent. Uh, I've been so far against the uh, the Packers when they were one and two, and the Bills when they were three and four. Now, if you continue <laughs> only winning games when you drop one game below five hundred, eventually you're going to end the season at five hundred. Philadelphia's in a spot right now to make the division come down to the week sixteen game against the Cowboys. If they beat the game, if they beat the teams they should beat, that's what it will come down to.
1: Very good win coming into this game, man. You saw that there were twenty five mile an hour wins. There were gusts. Of Over 40 miles an hour. And remember in the preview show, I was saying this needs to be like a 12 personnel bully ball type of game. And that's exactly what we got from the Eagles and and credit to Doug Peterson, the offensive staff and, and everyone for cooking up a really good plan that would work in these type of elements when it came down to the screen game. Like, you know, necessity is the mother of invention when it came to that for them because the screen game was fantastic. And then the running game, I mean, you just look at the stats here, 218 rushing yards, and you controlled the ball for 35 minutes and 57 seconds compared to the Buffalo Bills at 24 minutes. You controlled the clock. You didn't turn the ball over except for that one Boston Scott deal on uh, on special teams. So really physical game. You go into their house, you beat up on them. You play bully ball. Carson Wentz was very efficient, making plays on his own, too, creating on his own. Uh, just a good game overall from this Eagles offense against a very tough Bills defense. And then right. the defense did what they should have done against a Bills offense that really has been inept for most of the season. So just a, a really solid win Yeah, we got to talk about that touchdown by the bills by the way nate gary what are you doing brother but go ahead yeah
2: and like i get it you know i really like if it was not nate gary i'd probably be more apologetic to the player right? i'd be more sympathetic i should say uh, but it was Nate Gary, so oh, right. it was bad. Well,
1: because it's not an aberration. He adapted it to him the week before he gave up his responsibility. Right. Now you're talking about – you've got 14 – it's third and goal from the 14-yard right. line. It's, like,
2: it's not like it's like third and four. It's third <laughs> and 14. So yeah. you just stick with Beasley, make him cross the line. Let the pursuit and then, come. Right. And then if he gets it, he gets it. Right. But the much higher percentage play <laughs> the gimme is the throw, the wide-open throw at the two-yard line. Right. That you just created because he had charged Allen. Complimentary football. Offense was playing well, defense was not. Defense was, was playing well, offense was not. And then the defense gets a turnover. Ugh. Good play call from the, the Bills. I know that, that there were some people critical of it in, in Bills media, but I liked it. Uh, quarterback power. Didn't
1: they have a touchdown on that last week? Like, that was, I, yeah, I liked it. And, like, the
2: Eagles run. had it pretty nicely boxed up, but, like, Josh Allen needs to know in terms of execution, you got to protect mm. that football. You're mm. going to get accosted. Eagles recover, able to punch it. You got three runs to set up for, uh, first and 10 from the twelve. Uh, you're able to get all the way down uh, to about the five, I believe it was. And then it's the fake shield screen yeah. to the corner post from Dallas Goddard, which is a real nice design. Works this. a lot off of what the Eagles do well. And that's just Dallas Goddard playing big boy ball in, in the red zone. A, a good defensive outing yeah. turn into a good offensive outing. And this mm-hmm. is complimentary football. This is how you want your, your, your systems to work together. Three down sort of an offense, not really pushing the ball down the field, not picking up big chunk gains. Took about till the third quarter to get into a rhythm. That's too long. But for the first time in weeks, there was not a massive hole to right. dig out of yeah. for the offense by the time they got into rhythm. Carson Wentz is making great plays with his legs and they're they're doing choice throws and they're running the ball really effectively. 14 plays. That was that was a backbreaker.
1: What a what a right. what a nice drive that was. Yeah.
2: Right. And so that's what this all this team could be in terms of the unit and in terms of the uh, consistency. Yeah. and 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 the talent coming together but again it was flashes so we're not there yet play designs mm. and 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 the areas of the field they decided to attack uh, you know going into the flats with with the tight end screens getting into the flats with your running back Miles Sanders oh really delightful yeah. uh, great a lot of backfield motion a lot of pre-snap looks some two back looks some weird uh, unbalanced sets everything to get those linebackers hesitating just a bit and then either A, they had Jordan Howard coming straight downhill at them, or B, there was a quick play into the flats, and then you're expecting your, your, your playmakers to pick up yak yardage. The nubsets
1: we talked about, too, were a big part of the yep. offense, the YY wing, yeah. Miles Sanders, my mentions blew up. I got out in front of it, though, because I tweeted in all caps, Miles Sanders, never a doubt, but his 65-yard Touchdown, Scamper. What a beautiful design this was. A little pony package, a little 21 personnel, a little split back, whether you want to call it a lead draw or a lead ISO. It wasn't a draw. Call- it
2: was a handoff the whole way.
1: Yeah. I mean, Brandon Thorne called it a draw, and I think he's smarter than you. So
2: Me and Brandon Thorne are going to fight. <laughs> Just kidding. He was in the <laughs> Like, Army. whatever you it call scary. it, doesn't
1: matter. That the, the concept is the same. Great whole... Jordan Howard picked up a two-for-one as a blocker, which is fantastic. This guy's making contributions in every facet of the game. And Sanders, not a lot to think about, not a lot to read, sees the hole, and that's when he can show off, you know, that very, very good burst. And look, he was good, man. Open field on the screen early on in the game that set up a score, elusive in space. You get this guy in space, he, he can look really, really good. Encouraging signs for Miles Sanders, and I think it's good for him from a mental perspective. To get that that big explosive run, that big touchdown run, and give them sure. some confidence moving forward.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, the thing is, like, you know, you got it out of a very peculiar look in terms of the split back is something the Eagles have sprinkled but not really relied upon. And then, yeah, you get that lead ISO, and I mean, Jason Kelsey gets inside on Tremaine Edmonds uh jordan howard gets inside on i believe the Renzo alexander right poyer is too aggressive down into the hole and there you go you know bob's your uncle like it's a runway and that's what <laughs> that's what's nice for sanders is that you had that runway and then it's just how you know who's got the jets and in this case sanders got the jets yes sir the average nelson aguilar play in terms of target or handoff is like negative epa play at this point right mm-hmm. like if you're targeting if you're giving the ball towards nelson aguilar you're more likely to be losing a chance to win than winning a uh, getting a chance to look win. At,
1: look at the stat line, by the way. Four receptions, seven yards, two carries, seven yards. Brother, that's not getting it done.
2: With Sanders, it's been, listen, we're trying to get this guy the ball for the explosive, multiple missed tackles, chunk yardage. We've been doing it through the air. When, you know, we've gotten it hither and thither. There we had the great screenplay where he, you know, followed the blockers for a, a decent amount of time for miles sanders yep and then broke into open space made a guy miss and picked up some extra yardage as well and that's what you're looking for with that player when you draft him and then you have the 65 yard run where it's like listen you know jordan howard darren sproles jay jaya LeGarre blunt Corey clement any running back you want to name over the doug peterson era is not housing that the way sanders did because they right. don't have the speed that sanders does and the, the acceleration yeah. especially as well to break that last angle He's been inconsistent. But these were the players that you were relying on in the beginning of the season to bring the speed component to your offense. You know, a lot of these plays where he bounces it, where we don't like that he bounces it, he misses these holes. And he'll continue to gain consistency on that front as he gains more reps. We have to remember, this guy started one year in college. (laughs) It's not like as a backup, they were like, let's get Barkley off the field for this kid. Like, you know, he did not get a ton of touches. So he's going to gain consistency at the NFL level.
1: But there, there was that, that touchdown drive in the second half that just blew my mind. He, the, the Eagles got the Bills in these following situations on this drive first and 20, second and 20, third and 14, second and 10, third and eight, <sighs> second and 13, third and 13. And third and 13, they brought up the, the, another predictable blitz. Ball came out quick, touchdown Devin Singletary, and you're going, what is happening? And then the next drive, it's like fourth and 10. And Gosh. Ben, I, I put, I put up there on Twitter, click like, if you had zero faith that they were going to get stopped on fourth and 10. Darby ends up making the, the, the pass break up there. But situationally, and this goes back to the, to the end of the first half that right. you alluded to before, right? Eagles score, Bills get the ball with like 22 seconds left and some timeouts and they can't make a freaking tackle. They can't, they can't bring down Josh Allen and they almost get a field goal out of it. Like, brother, the worst, the,
2: the crazy situational stuff. If you, as what, a defense. We can cannot... just get so aggressive on third and long. Right. Right. So all of a sudden, it's like zero blitzing on third and 14. It's like, do you know who you're playing? It's Josh Allen. So that's what's what's so worrisome is it's not even like the Eagles defense was playing bad in the sense that they were regularly giving up first downs and, and couldn't answer anything the Bills did, and they were just getting beat on all cylinders. They were getting into the best spots a defense could be in. Yeah.
1: And, and then failing
2: finished. abysmally in those <laughs> spots. <laughs> yeah, I like some dynamicism. Dynamicism. Is that a word? Let's hope so. Okay. Hey. Good game from Carson. How about uh, the He kept on, the
1: the, on that 14 play drive. He kept two third downs alive in the second third one. And, five
2: and third and 10. Yep.
1: Yeah. The, and the yeah, that third,
2: third, third and 10 was uh, they called it an RPO on. They called it like a, an option play, like fake screen quarterback draw on the broadcast. And When I saw it, I wasn't sure um what exactly was like maybe it's an rpo where like the run tag is the quarterback run doug says in the presser carson looked at wider screen wide receiver screen didn't like it and figured hey i can probably pick up 11 yards on my own with the entire offense not being on on board with this and he could <laughs> um like you know big carson gotta respect that um yeah he he carson like you know i didn't put carson in my winners column because 24 passes one touchdown like you know carson's a good player and i'm not gonna you know Mollycoddle him by claiming that's like a big win for him. You know, I mean, he played a he played a mistake-free game in bad weather conditions and protected a lead very nicely, especially with his with his legs late in that game. Through a couple nice balls, deep ball to Alshon with a beaut uh, Zach Ertz to set up the first and goal to salt the game away. It was another very nice throw, uh, in stride and everything like that. Uh, you know, the, people are making a lot out of this whole Zach Ertz isn't getting targeted thing. Though, I don't mind it. <laughs> I
1: don't. Well, I mean, they had Tredavious White on Zach Ertz for a lot of the game. So, yeah, right? I'm going to come off that.
2: Yeah, but i was about to say if uh, the entire Eagles receiving core is Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> you know, I'll cover Zach Ertz with, with Tredavious White. That ain't a no problem. We have yet gone now another game with Matt Collins not getting a target. Oh, my God, brother. I, I, would, I This might be just the least productive stretch in terms of snaps to receptions and snaps to targets of a wide receiver, just like in history.
1: At Feldman underscore Zach, longtime listener. He says, resign Jordan Howard. It's going to be a no for me right now, dog. If Howard is going to pick up a bulk of these carries and whatnot, I, I just want to see him get through healthy.
2: Ideally, Sanders is your 1A after this year, right? Like right. By the end of this year. Yeah. So if Howard... Is, it, is, is cool with being paid like a timeshare guy, then cool. But I don't think you will be on, um, so it might be tough to land on a price point. I don't think the Eagles are going to pay out of pocket pretty heavy for Jordan Howard.
1: G, uh, Gene Smith says Stolness called it. Brother, Stolness predicted yeah, it. Yeah,
2: Johnny Boy, one of my winners
1: from the week. Exact score, 31-13. Well, we're we're suckers over here. Yeah, I'm Being Debbie Downers predicting for the For second there, to-
2: <laughs> I thought we were going to get like 28-13. My prediction sure was 28-16, I thought, right? And I was like, oh, cool, 28-16, I called it. Mm. um just with the wrong team winning.
1: The Bills had a top 5 easiest schedule in DVOA history going back to 1986. The Bills were the worst 5 and 1 team in DVOA history. I called them Paper Tigers. I cannot stand up and say this is a this is a defining win they beat a really right. like they they beat a bunch of tomato cans let's be real about it
2: like i don't think the eagles are necessarily we're that back. much better on, like that much better on paper than they were mm. but they were always better than the 3-4 team and being 4-and-4 four four is a big deal in terms of the playoffs so the the win matters at a great deal in terms of like the playoff race i still think they pretty much are what they thought we were they are what we thought they were yeah but like we also Thought and I still think they have enough talent to like beat Dallas and win the division. So mm. you know, even after that bad game against Dallas, we'll see what it is.
1: Say goodbye to the gentle listeners who we are now bashing because they don't know how to do three words correctly,
2: as we always do. Yep. Thank you as always uh, for listening to the Kiss and Soul X Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Eagles beat the Bills thirty-one to thirteen, as John Stolen has told you. So make <laughs> sure you're following the feed and you're listening to at the podium if you'll want to know the score beforehand. You cowards. Uh, <laughs> Eagles are 4-4 now. Looking at a home game against the Bears next week. That's a 1 o'clock game, if memory serves. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast. You should expect the All-22 Review Show coming your way sometime late Tuesday, early Wednesday. And the Bears preview shows, which, trust me, will be a treat. Given how Michael feels about Mitch Trubisky, you do not want to miss those as well. So that'll be later this week as well. Full week of content, as always. Thank you so much for listening. He's been Michael Kiss on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL, T-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. We will catch you on late Tuesday, early Wednesday.
1: And if you want to see some good trolling of the Bears, go to the Chargers' social media account. It's fantastic. Oh, word? Anyway, we all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles fly.
0: Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.